and culture summit the airwaves this is the nine rails arts podcast this is todd obendorfer and of course i am joined by our producer our brandon long Woo-hoo. we are the banyan collective arts and adventure podcasting since 2010 in this episode of the nine rails arts podcast we sit down in banyan studio on our conference table. Picnic table. On our, <laughs> our 10 person picnic table. It is a 10 person picnic table. Uh, and we chatted with essentially everyone behind the current exhibition at Ogden Contemporary Art. Uh, it's called Social Undistance. And so we had a kind of a full load there. We had uh, Cam McLeod, who worked with Tana Halbert with the Ogden Movement Collective to put this piece together. We were also joined by Vanessa Cassignoli, the executive director at Ogden Contemporary Art. And I think rounding out the load was Kelly McLeod. Right. Yeah. um, Of course, who who works with Cam. What a really good conversation. Yeah. Kind of on the heels of last year being what it was. Yeah. It gave you some insight into how you can produce art during a pandemic. So, you know, in two years when the next one comes, you're ready. (laughs) I was going to say 80 to 100 years. <laughs> we'll be ready for yeah, the next Just go back in, in 80 years, listen to this podcast. It might give you some ideas. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it now because I'm already excited. And so one thing that we do for, for those of you that do listen to the show is we close out every episode uh, with a, a song from one of our musicians from Van Sessions, which is an arts-based Live podcast <laughs> Live studio series audience. Yeah. Yeah, that we do every first Friday art stroll. And so this particular episode, we are going to use a song from Woodcarver. Yeah. Danny Woodcarver. I love his music. It's, you kind of uh, need to see them live. Yeah. It's, I mean, this will be a really fun recording, but if you ever have a chance to see him live. Yeah. It's great. It's great. He was he was a joy to, to have on van sessions and it's it's just one of those artists who you can't can't get through a song without smiling a little, you know. Maybe even laughing. And he's a showman. Yep. He's a showman and he's and he's very, very talented. And so make sure you stick around post interview for one of our very own van sessions that was done probably a couple months ago. I don't know which one. Yeah, it was a couple months ago, but it, yeah, it's a great song. Anyway, stay tuned. And also enjoy this conversation with the artist behind Social Undistance. Well, welcome to another Nine Rails Arts Podcast with myself. A crew. Yeah, this is another crew. <laughs> this is a little, little bit smaller than our last crew, um, but uh, still another full table. So thank you for taking the time today. Uh, this is Social Undistance. I had to ask if it was ED or how it worked, but yeah, Social Undistance. Social Undistance. Uh, which is a current exhibition at uh, Ogden Contemporary Arts. And uh, we're joined by a nice group today. A uh, quick introduction. My name is Todd Oberndorfer. I am the oh. Arts Outreach Manager and Advisor, Department of Visual Art and Design, and a co-founder with Banyan, and one of now several hosts of the Nine Rails Arts Podcast. And so we are going to move around the table to the right. Just a quick introduction. Thank you so much for coming today. Thanks for having me. I'm Tana Halbert. I am the choreographer and dance director of the project. Excellent. 
I'm Vanessa Castagnoli, the Executive Director for Ogden Contemporary Arts. Uh, I am Cam McLeod, visual artist, photographer, uh, and co-collaborator of Social and Distance. And last but not least, oh. our Brandon Long, producer, host, The Banning Click. It's just in case you say something throughout. The, just in case. That's yeah. the voice right there on the end, right? So, all right. So uh, today we're going to take you through kind of the um, what inspired this particular piece. Uh, this goes back, do I say years? Hmm. Year and a, 18 months? No, I think if I have my timeline correct, I reached out to Tana in the summer of 2019. No, 2020. it would have been 2020, <laughs> summer of 2020. So one year. 72 months year. of 2020. Yeah, 72 <laughs> months of 2020. Uh, and it, it wasn't related to this at all. Like it, was, it started to something very different, but. But a collaboration <laughs> nonetheless. Collaboration nonetheless, yeah. Nice. Uh, so that was in the summer. We had another idea for a project that was going to sort of be in the fall. That came and went, and then we kept talking and kept evolving the conversation. And obviously, life was pretty fluid at that point or unpredictable. And so the conversation just sort of took that same path of, of least resistance in some way. Did this original project evolve to a point where it's something very different? Or is this something that we could see a, a different project in the future? Well, I... I Originally, for it started as a different project for me. This whole 2020 allowed for a lot of creativity to happen by necessity. Um, when we were talking in the fall of 2020, I didn't expect there to be a dance live performance like the grant that I had written two weeks before COVID hit stated I would have so the, everything was open there was nothing off the table and it was really freeing to just be able to uh, sit and have a conversation about what are the possibilities for this I love it okay so Vanessa I'm going to go to you um, because you probably uh, imagine I imagine several times every single day describe this particular show and so how would you describe it from your standpoint yeah, so social and distance is addressing um, basically the struggles of COVID, of isolation, of quarantine, and also the celebration of coming back together. And I think in a nutshell, the quick, easy description is, is that. <laughs> I think that's perfect. And so you're using the, your entire space. We are. So, I th so when Cam and Tana came to me with this project, I thought um, it, it was a great idea. Um, and I thought we could get really creative on how we do the performance aspect and to make it something that um, our community has never experienced before. And Tana is amazing and, and made it happen. So yeah, so we utilize the whole space, not only for the, for the exhibition, which is the photography and the videography, as well as um, sound pieces on top of it. We also utilize the whole space for the live performances, which was very beautifully done. And the live performances have happened a handful of times. Yeah, we had a total of four shows. Uh, the first one was a private showing, and then the three were open to the public. And unfortunately, if you guys didn't see it, you missed it. And I'll tell you what, uh, for, for, for all listeners, honestly, that is one of the reasons to keep an eye out for what's coming up because honestly, this is one of those situations where I did happen to have a chance. I think I saw the second performance 
and if you missed it, you kind of missed it, right? Um, you can have an amazing experience going into the gallery space right now. Again, you know, there's there's videos and there's photographs and there's gifts and you know what I mean. It's 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 really a, a, an amazing experience without. But as far as taking the full thing in, now when this was being prepared, um, because a lot of the dance numbers are recorded, was there always going to be a live aspect to it? No, the original concept was. Uh, basically what's in the gallery right now. So these, um, these videos, or this, this main video installation um, combined with these moving images or GIFs and then the still frames. That was sort of the, the overarching or the main concept for what I had approached Tana on. But as Tana mentioned earlier, she had a grant already um, approved for a live dance performance uh, through the Ogden City Arts grant process and she was looking for a way to because I think you you because of COVID you had to push it back correct correct yeah we were at a point where we had the dancers who wanted to do the project we had all the gumption but we didn't have a space to do it and we thought maybe this would live on the internet on YouTube or something so so the collision of of Cam's vision and the energy uh, to create movement combined. Yeah, and, I, and Tana had another name for her project that we didn't end up really using, but it was Edge Effect, right? Yeah, Edge Effect is the concept of when dis different ideas and disciplines combine to create something completely new. So we did Edge Effect. We did Edge Effect. <laughs> um, I, I do love that, actually. That's but when we sat down to explore other names edge effect that Tana had created for the live performances still had um, a lot to do with COVID and everything was sort of created in that time frame and was relevant so um, I th actually think Joe Blake who uh, was instrumental in both pieces he came up with social undistance I think in the in one of our meetings and so give him credit to that naming I'll tell you what, a couple of years ago, social distance was not a term, uh, you know, in the sense that it is now. And so it's, I think it's a great name. Um, undistance, undistance isn't actually a word. Yeah. <laughs> Every right. time I, I, I do any sort of marketing material, my autocorrect <laughs> just tries to correct it. It's like, no, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't have been a word. Well, we, social we, distance yeah. should not have been a word, yeah. I think. You're right. Exactly. And Tana, we talked about this a little bit going back and forth about how artists like to use words that aren't really words. Yeah. It's just kind of funny that we decided on a title that mm -hmm. wasn't really yeah. a word. And, and one of our pieces was unheard community, but heard as in like a herd of animals, unheard mm -hmm. community. So you're referencing words that we've gotten to know so well, but in the creation it Social undistance seems like a word to me now because mm -hmm. of the last year and a half, you know? Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about um, how it was created. Um, most, of the, most of the videos are individual dancers, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. um, and so these were filmed during, you know, sort of isolation periods. So I think and it was so, January. Yes. And so how did, how did you film them? So we have the main video installation that we worked around and extracted pieces from that. So everything happened from the, the main installation piece, which includes, it's a, it's a three by three grid. Uh, we have nine dancers and each dancer is performing the same or almost this identical choreography. 
in their respective boxes. And that's sort of meant to illustrate and emphasize a feeling of enclosed uh, confinement and isolation. And so when the whole piece is playing, you see these performers or dancers performing within the confines of their little box, but they're all doing the same thing. Uh, to achieve that, and, and under the pressures of COVID, we had set up in the Monarch. So uh, I had approached Vanessa. We were looking for space to film this. And I really wanted something that felt sterile, so something industrial, but with a clean background, because um, we were going to just shoot it on a just a flat wall. We had talked about bringing in a backdrop, potentially, but I wanted that feeling of sterileness and dystopia as well. I mean, and that played into uh, wardrobe selection and things like that, and the choreography for that matter. So the the brick, uh, or the, excuse me, the concrete background wall was sort of perfect for that sterile look and feel. It's got these holes in it, which to me sort of looks and feels like a... Like a padded room? Like a padded room yeah. with the <laughs> buttons. <clears throat> um, so it was sort of perfect. So... Vanessa graciously tapped her resources and and opened up that space for us to film. The way we did it to avoid, to minimize our exposure and everyone else's exposure was we, everybody came in for an hour block at a time. So we filmed it over the course of nine hours. It was probably a 10 hour day actually, because we wanted our performers, our dancers to perform without a mask until we got to the duet, which is the second half of the piece. So everybody came in, performed theirs. Each routine, I think they did it twice, pretty much. And then we'd go on to the next, and just down the line we went. And then ultimately how they were presented in, in sort of the, the Brady Bunch cube style mm-hmm. also obviously reminds us all of a, a year of Zoom meetings, right? Yep. And so adding that other element made it very, very timely and that much more effective. Yeah. And so I don't know if originally that was planned, but after the fact, it's like, yep, yep, we were all, <laughs> we have all been there for sure. It's such a, a new universal concept. Yeah, the, oh yeah, it's, this, and that's something that's not leaving, I don't think. Yeah. Um, yep. But it'll be mixed with in-person, that's for sure. The, ori- uh, the sorry, original Dad. concept was actually to project onto analog TV sets and build a physical installation of a three-by-three three grid. Um, or somehow figure out how to play back the video through the TVs. And that posed some logistical issues and budgetary restraints too. So um, I think it worked out for the best, but the idea was to have this analog installation and then use projection to sort of modernize it. But we kind of did did it the opposite way. We reverse engineered that and we used projection and then we added layers of analog effect to that which kind of made it more dystopian, I think. There's something I'm learning about Cam is his vision is to the moon. And, and so even his like compromised version is still just so beyond what I would ever imagine. <laughs> the compromise is right here. Yeah. My, my bar is up high. Yep. You can't see that. Yeah. Just the, the attention to detail and, you know, he really... It's everything is very well thought out, even to the process of printing the photographs. They all have uh, 
perforated edges, edges yeah, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it and Cam talks about it as like a timestamp, right? So it's really talking about our place in COVID at that moment when he was filming it, when he was shooting it. And Cam, you should talk a little more about that. Yeah, even I down to having the, the prints sort of floating in that mm-hmm. frame too. It, 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 it's that extra isolation. You know, there's no glass, you know. I don't feel that separation, honestly, when yeah. I'm looking at them. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you, Vanessa, you said Sorry. it. No, yeah, but the idea that these could sort of feel like relics and from a time, but again, sort of a time in the future that feels like a, a past, so very sci-fi. Like you could have uncovered these images in a dusty abandoned warehouse in Ogden in, you know, 2080 and they would just have a quality that felt like the past but it it's of the future you know, that was sort of a 2080 is the ne- is that the next pandemic pandemic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how old will we be really and yeah and that floating quality and and that was actually a collaboration with the the printer i work with who suggested that style of framing to give it that light to complement the already light airiness of the images because they had this um, they're shot in long exp- at least the composite images are um, long exposures layered on top of one another to give this feeling of movement and it has a, a lightness to it and so he was really wanting to complement that and I thought it was a well, that's uh, nice to have a little ad. collaboration with the printer himself too. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, when I picked the prints up, the printer was really excited because he had never printed anything like that actually, and he said that printing these and framing them were really actually the most fun that he has had, and he was more proud of those than he was of all the other, you know, prints and frames that he does, and he's been around for quite a while, so. That so voice number six is Kelly McLeod, by the way. Yeah. Anybody who's listening, yeah. Or well, just anybody who's walking by. You just <laughs> Come, on Come on in. <laughs> we have extra microphones. Um, so can we talk to a little bit about your dancers? It, I'm so sure. happy to have you here. And so yeah, the collective itself and how long you've been doing that. Yeah. And who is part of this particular piece? Okay. Um, if you remember. We, I do, okay. absolutely. Uh, we were born two months before COVID. So we're a little stunted, but we're getting there. Um, and there are more projects in the works. Um, we're local artists who have something to say. Movement Collective, as in we're here to be a voice for the community. So I want to have people who are embedded in different parts of the community. I met well, Joe Blake is a, a huge player. He's uh, an associate professor of dance at Weber State University. And yeah, I guess for this process, um, we did our audition over Zoom. We started rehearsing over Zoom. Um, and we probably had about four hours together in person total. So our, our first rehearsal was the most raw approach to a project I've ever had there was there was some tears it was more like hey how's everyone doing how's everyone holding up and it just all starts coming out which um, I think was necessary just with the nature of our project oh 100% now correct me if I'm wrong but your movement meant is spelled it's another word yes yeah. <laughs> m-e-a-n-t right yes yeah. it's a that's word that's not really a word yeah. <laughs> yeah. A but it is yeah but it is but we all feel that Google difference it. in yeah. that right yeah well it might be um 
helpful to note that my background is not just dance performance, but it's dance therapy. So it's using the creative and movement process to actually process. So we're we're not just making up cool moves. We're processing like the word social undistance, a feeling of isolation lives in your body. And so to process that in an embodied way while creating something meaningful is incredibly vulnerable. And so to be all on our tiny little screens with our cats walking through our camera and trying to connect to each other it was intensely challenging emotionally and also logistically and so having the chance to have the in-person element had to have i mean that's a significant next step oh, like that's i mean that was that was uh that was special for me um just to participate in that and you had three did you have three separate performances one downstairs and yeah. then two different ones upstairs. We had three spaces, but we had five different pieces. Five pieces. Mm-hmm. Could you take us through that? Yeah. Could we hit on those, at least, you know, maybe even a couple of those? For sure. I'll be concise. You can um, be concise as you need to. <laughs> so, the, so the opening is between a poet, a cellist, and a dancer. And this piece happened over email. Um, so I uh, emailed this poet. As all best choreography does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally a product of the last year. So I, I emailed uh, Brandon Dominguez. He's a English professor at Weber State. And I said, hey, I have this idea for a collaboration. Could you write a poem? And he's like, sure. Um, and then a month later, he gave the poem to a dancer, Rodolfo Raphael. And Rod created a movement solo that echoed the poet. So like the cadence, the speed of the words. And then a month later, uh, Rod gave the recording of his solo to a cellist, Sierra Rasmussen, who's a Weber State Music graduate. And she created a piece to it. And then we got together one day and we said, how can these all live in a space together? And it became a piece. The there's a quartet on an 8x10 rug, and that happened because we didn't have a space to rehearse. So um, how can we get together and make movement that doesn't take up a lot of room? And then there's a solo by Joe Blake, and that happened a few weeks after the killing of George Floyd. And so um, Joe Blake and a beautiful dancer, Kristen Housekeeper, got together at opposite ends of a studio and just mirrored each other's movements to create this beautiful nine-minute journey. Um, And then there's two more pieces. Unheard Community is about the physical, psychological effects of the virus and how we feel about being close together. And then the last piece, uh, Underneath the Edge, was about earthquakes and we all know that last year had an earthquake and there was like an ongoing shifting of what is normal what are we dealing with now what's coming up next I think we were all kind of just like bracing ourselves and um, Alicia Trump no relation does a, a really good job <laughs> at like important distinction yes yeah. <laughs> uh, she did a really good job at just like amping up tension over a period of six minutes into this highly physical jumping running movement that just kind of crashes and something shifts at the end so 
the dance concert as a whole was meant to kind of embody every aspect of the last year, and I think I think it did that. I think, and then some. I think that the quartet was probably one of the more moving ones for me, and that was probably because of the. I think it was very intimate. It was very close. It was very, I mean, almost a little bit uncomfortable still, um, because right. for some of us that are just starting to venture out, uh, that was. That night was actually one of one of the first nights, you know, that I'd been out for an event, and uh, there was a there was still a little bit of that natural distancing happening until that quartet, and we gathered in a little bit smaller space, and the four of you were very close, and I mean, it was an intimate piece. I I think it's really important to talk about the structure of the of the actual performances, because I think that's what made this well, obviously, it, not just this, but it definitely added a whole nother level of um, intimacy. So we had three groups. So you came in and you were placed in a group from anywhere from eight to 15 people. And you each group got to have their own journey. You got to see every piece, but you got to experience it with people in your group. You got to get close. You were able to get close to the performance. There were comments like, "I could feel the uh, dancers' breath as they were dancing," and it, it. I think it. It touched people. It was a different way to see a, a performance. It was a fully guided experience in some ways. It was. Each each group had a guide that kind of helped helped them through it and explain the process and and the piece as well. Which going into, you know, uh, an experience like this, having that guide is really nice like it's really nice because i you know i i didn't know what i was getting myself into when i showed <laughs> up right you know you have a sense and for the i think probably for the most part we're all on board um but uh yeah i felt very safe that whole night it was it was all very new too and i think that's a nice transition to another question that i have real quick and that's uh bringing these um what's the best way to put it uh, unique experiences to this gallery space and this this seems like a trend that we got going here Vanessa <laughs> yeah you know uh, I want to provide something at Ogden Contemporary Arts that doesn't exist in Ogden and there's nothing like any of the shows that we've we've shown thus far in Ogden and my goal is to continue to do that and keep our community engaged and as well as um, our local creatives engaged in every single show. Well, you get a little round of applause on that one. For sure. <laughs> Thank you. I, I look forward to the rest of the year. Let's just say that. Um, all right, Cam, uh, looking back a year of your life, um, how's it feel? How's it feel? How's it feel when it all came together? How's it feel? I know you're wrapped up another uh, large, uh, uh, project with uh, the, the muralist that just well, just left town today. Very very sad, Don Rymax. And so, are you feeling a little a different kind of weight, or is this how's this feel for you? I was going to ask you today anyway. I'm going to put you in front of a microphone to do it. Um, liberating. Liberating. That's yeah. a nice word, I think. Yeah. yeah. How was your experience the first night of the exhibition or the performance or the whatever we're calling it? Well, stressful. We were trying to get blind, uh, curtains for the installation up to the hour before we opened, and uh, we succeeded. I mean, there was which part of me is like thanks to Kelly. You know <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. Uh, is uh, is that's that's almost got to be part of it, you know? I mean, you've done plenty of openings. I've done some openings where it's just like that experience really does. I mean it. It kind of has to be part of the process to some degree. I think if it went too smooth that first time, it would feel like 
Like, this, this is, is easy. Stovon or, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's got to be Why something. Why don't we do this gonna, all the time? Yeah. Don't you have to feel like you need a beer after? Like, or, like or, you're like, or you know, during. Or, yeah. or, or during. <laughs> or a bottle of wine. <laughs> a bottle of whiskey. Pick your poison. You know, it's just right. a whole bottle of whatever you're drinking. No, it was, it, yeah. Liberating was sort of the feeling more after the fact. I think, well, I don't know, that's not necessarily fair because the second the show started, once the curtains were hung and it's like, at least on my end, it's just like, okay, I have no more control over this. And, and I was very relieved to have no more control because otherwise I will continue to, to pick and fix and tweak. And, and that is an exhausting process. And so the second it's sort of released is a huge weight off my shoulders. You know, Tana and her group still had to perform. So they had the that stress but on my end it was like okay now just sit back take it in and and see how it's received which was important because it wasn't made uh, to live in an echo chamber and just live for myself so you know that that is a really good point because I mean that's really the nature of what we've all, all been through too is the fact that this is a truly collaborative piece right and I think for for most of us over this last year that's been really important is that those relationships even because it's a combination of being isolated but still developing and getting stronger in relationships at the same time. And so being able to sort of let that go because you you have to, and now you know, you're know you entrusting it to the rest of your team, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and other than that, then it, there's, it just was confidence-inspiring to, to sort of follow through with what was really a crazy idea. And along the way, there were a lot of ups and downs and anxiety about, even chasing this idea, a lot of which I just kept to myself or, you know, shared with Kelly. And Yeah, I think Kelly, I was going to ask her next. Like, <laughs> yeah. but, I have all the If details. you could tell me the, the, the truth about what he just said, that would be great. Yeah. Off um, the record, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but but to, to sort of have it all come together at the end and and be well-received, I've, I've heard from... I'm still hearing last night, you know, people coming up and sharing very warm uh, and vulnerable feelings about the performances and the show in general. And I don't know, that's feedback that is energy that I'm taking and like really wanting to recycle back into the process as quickly as I can. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. I get that. Um, Love that. Yeah, so. We're still coming up with new ideas. Tana sent me a text <laughs> message this morning like, oh, what if we did this? I was like... And I'm not going to say what that is because maybe it's a future show. But like, but I'm like, we got to hold that one for the next show. <laughs> We're there. So what are, what are the dates for this particular show? And I don't know when this show is going to be released. This, so. this show goes till the end, of, or I'm sorry, July 25th. So okay. you still have a few weeks to, well, I guess two, a few weeks, three weeks to, to come check it out. And the performances are over, but... The show's still really amazing, and if you haven't seen it yet, you've got to come in. And I guess this isn't going to – is this live – this is live-streamed right now, right? Some is live-streamed, and okay. then the edited version will be out in a couple Great. Weeks, so. so those of you that are listening now, come tonight. Bonus. It's first Friday. Come tonight experience Tonight would be a really good yourself. night to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Come tonight. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we only get one because it's just the, the natural timing of – uh, when the last show was taken down and when we were able to install and then the next show coming in, we we only get one first Friday, even though we're up for almost two months. But so no, come, it's come tonight because yeah. it's a good it's a good buzz. So take us through a quick experience. Um, 
the Ogden Contemporary, you know, arts gallery space is all still pretty new to a lot of people. And so you can get to the space through the Monarch itself if you come tonight. Um, you do have a, a door on 25th Street as well. Um, anything that we need to know collectively as a community coming in? Uh, no, just come in and enjoy. And after you check out our space, um, go into the Monarch if you haven't been in through the building yet and, and check out all the creative studios because they'll all be here as well tonight. And tonight, if I'm not mistaken, Brandon, you got something going on. Yes. That's like, he's thinking about it right now. He's already tired. No, we have, no, I'm nervous already. Is what, yeah, we have three awesome bands. Nervous. Five years so. of doing this, you get nervous every time. I You're going like to do I'm great. Nervous. I feel like I'm Cam, like, where's the damn curtains? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, it's always something, right? Like, yeah. The van's here, so that's yeah, a good first step. Step one, get the van in the building. So that is check. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll put a plug in for Ogden Contemporary Arts. If you come out at any point in time over the next six months or whenever it is you can make it to any show, you know, support the arts, donate, buy memberships. You can buy a membership for as little as $50. Yeah, if you buy our membership right now, you can actually come to our members-only happy hour. You And it's like $50 for an annual membership, and every first Friday you can come enjoy free drinks, small bites, so that's it. And thank you, Kelly. Kelly's also one of our board members, that should be said. Thank you for your service, Kelly. But it helps support all these artists who have a space like Ogden Contemporary Arts, and they keep the doors open so that these people can show their art. So it's really important. Yeah, and if you guys had any idea what's coming ahead, like just get, get on board now. Just get yeah. on board now because mm -hmm. you're going to want to. Um, you're not going to want to miss anything that's coming up. Uh, can you talk about anything? That's sure. Up for for those of you that are listening, I'll give you um, <laughs> the 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 little teaser. Uh, we've got Wayne Coyne from the Flaming Lips uh, coming to install the King's Mouth at Oka for uh, for August sixth. Uh, that is going to be a ticket event. So keep an eye on our website, on our social media, and buy your tickets because there will be a limited amount of tickets available, and it's going to be a really really great show. Wayne will be here. It's going to be fun. Yes, those Flaming Lips. <laughs> yeah. Confirmed. Yeah. That's. I think that's a good follow-up as well. This um, is still Ogden, Utah. By the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to remind us. <laughs> but I like that we forget all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, any last thoughts? Cam, Kelly, Donna, uh, Kelly. Kelly. I just want to quickly thank uh, Dylan Tataro and oh, his involvement. I mean, yeah. he was put in a lot of hours in the editing room putting this together. Um, and then, of course, thank you, Tana. Uh, thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Vanessa, for trusting some crazy ideas and playing with those ideas. And then Joe Blake as well, because unfortunately he couldn't be at any of the shows, but he was there. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you all for coming. Um, make sure and get to the gallery space just as quick as you can. I think tonight is perfect for those of y'all listening right now. So thank you very much. Have a good night. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Yeah. That was a great choice. This week, we'll leave you with a little something from Van Sessions. Banyan Collective's podcast and music series recorded live during Ogden's first Friday art stroll at the Monarch Building in the heart of the Nine Rails Creative District. Okay. 2008, housing market crashed. I lost my job. And then um, it was a Sunday night. And I said, usually I have Sunday night blues, but not this Sunday night. <laughs>
So yeah. that's kind of where this song comes from. Perfect. Another Monday's coming around, but I'm not scared Cause I learned my lesson long, long ago That when something in your life seems void It might be because you're unemployed You're unemployed, that's all you need to know You're unemployed and poor now weekdays are the same as the weekends Except you get to hang out with your working friends On the weekends, Sam and Jordan, women, Mike and Lloyd Monday they'll be gone cause they're employed You're unemployed, that's all you need to know You're unemployed and poor it's dinner time and bill collectors won't stop calling you And somehow you knew this day would come Plasma screen TVs are the clearest ones But they're clearly not affordable for you At the time the plasma screen TV was like the pinnacle of TV watching and it was very expensive. I've got too much time, I'm unemployed. I can't make a dime, I'm unemployed. I can make these words rhyme, I'm unemployed. I said I'm unemployed, that's all you need to know. Unemployed and poor I said I'm unemployed That's all you need to know 